Welcome back to the Underground Sports Podcast. This is episode two. I'm Brad Schaefer here with my co-host Colin Reed, and we've got plenty to talk about in Penn State sports from this weekend. Penn State field hockey opened up their season this weekend. First game was against Duke on Friday. That one did not end too well for the Nittany Lions, coming up short by a score of 4-1. to one. The Blue Devils are now ranked third in the nation, though, so it's not too disappointing a loss for the Lady Lions. Alexis Horst got, got Penn State on the board first with a goal just five minutes into the game, but Duke c- took control from there and uh, were, was able to net four goals to really dominate the match. Penn State freshman goalie Bree Baracco grabbed seven saves in the match, but wasn't able to keep the Blue Devils off the board long enough. The team then headed up a little bit north to play Virginia on Sunday. Yeah, the Lady Lions fell to 0-2 on the year. The Cavaliers ranked 11th in the nation, so it's no slouch of who they're playing. They fell 2-1, to and it took them until the fourth period to finally get things going. Uh, Anna Simons, the one in 55 minutes who found the net. Uh, the Lady Lions recorded 13 shots on goal, which is pretty good. Uh, it's just a tough team, and it's nice to see them playing tough opponents in the beginning of the year, though, mm-hmm. to kind of get things going and see how they stack up against everybody. Yep, so we're hoping the field hockey team will gain a little bit more momentum once they come home for their first game this week. The women's soccer team also had some action this weekend. First of those matches against Long Beach State out in California. Not a bad trip for the team. Uh, ended up winning that one 3-1. to one. It looks like there was constant pressure by the Nittany Lions in this game. Um, even though the shot totals weren't that different, Nittany Lions with 15, 9 on goal, Long Beach State with 10 shots, 6 of those on goal. But, uh, you know, the pressure was applied early and often, and three Nittany Lions were able to score. Those are Ali Schlegel, Carrie Abello, and Sam Coffey. And Long Beach State was able to get one in the 86th minute, but that was far too little, far too late. And the women's soccer team continues their winning ways this weekend. Yeah, on Sunday they took on Loyola Marymount over in L.A. It was an impressive showing by the ladies as they laid one on them, 3 to nothing. Uh, it seemed to be constant pressure for the Nittany Lions as mm-hmm. they only forced like one save that they were going to give up, and then they also forced 13 corner kicks on the other end, so it's constant pressure. Uh, these three goals were recorded by Sam Coffey, Ali Schlegel, and Frankie Tagliaferri. So great job, ladies. Yeah, it seems like their offense is really cooking at this point, and uh, you know, some sites have them ranked as high as fifth according to topdrawsoccer.com in the nation. So it, we'll be excited to see where they go this season. The Penn State men's soccer team opened their season on Friday as well against Stanford. That game took place at home at Jeffrey Field. The result ended 5-0 in Stanford's favor, but it's not too discouraging a result for Penn State because Stanford is a national powerhouse. They have been the last four or five years, three national championships in the uh, past four seasons. So head coach Jeff Cook... You know, he said he was encouraged with some of the things that he saw out on the field. He got to get a lot of different players in, got his starters a little bit of rest. Pierre Reedy, a captain this season, still not able to play uh, despite being named a captain after battling an injury for the last two seasons. Uh, Stanford really dominated the match in possession as well as shots on goal. Um, they they were able to keep the ball away from the Nittany Lions attackers for a majority of the contest, 
and were able to convert on a penalty kick early, making it 2-0 within the first 20 minutes of the match. We're excited to see how the men's soccer team fares against Stony Brook. That game will be taking place tonight, Monday night. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it was a bad showing from the Nittany Lions, but always a difficult contest when you're playing a team that has national championship uh, hopes. Yeah, the Penn State women's volleyball team opened up a tournament as they hosted the Penn State Classic. Uh, it was a dominating performance by the ladies. They opened up 3-0 with victories over Hofstra, Holy Cross, and Wichita State. Uh, Serena Gray, a sophomore on the team, was named tournament MVP as she hit uh, 700 with 34 kills and added four blocks over the three matches. Uh, she was also joined by the all-tournament team with teammates Gabby Blossom, Johnny Parker, and Kendall White. Penn State football opened their season on Saturday as well. That game took place in Beaver Stadium against Idaho. It was a routing really altogether, 79-7 in Penn State's favor. Idaho never really seemed to have a chance. Didn't even get a first down until very late in the first half. Um, some general thoughts that you had on the game, Colin? Yeah, I thought Penn State played as well as they were expected to. I mean, whenever you bring a lesser opponent in town, you're expected to dominate them, and that's exactly what they did. So they showed that they were able to compose themselves well and put up points on the board. Yeah. The biggest thing for me was uh, there was there was nothing I saw that made me worried about the rest of the season. Um, I think it is definitely hard to judge players in a team when they're playing a team that... Um, Obviously, it isn't on the level of the rest of the teams they'll be playing this season. But, you know, there were a lot of question marks coming in with Sean Clifford and some of the running backs and um, the team style in general. But I thought that uh, we can start with Clifford here, I guess. Uh, I thought he played very well for the game. Um, I didn't have a lot of complaints. I thought uh, he fit well in that faster style offense that they were playing. Um, I think he was able to get out of the pocket and run when he needed to, but um, definitely struggled just a little bit with some of his passes, um, sometimes waiting a step or two too long to get rid of the ball, but um, I was pretty happy with his performance, anything that you saw. Yeah, I thought he composed himself well. I know he's, I saw that he came out in the press conference that he was a little nervous going into the game, and like sure. the first couple drives, he's kind of still the jitters. Mm -hmm. but then he settled in well, completed a lot of passes, I finished with 14 on the day. That's with limited time, too, as well. Leave has come in. Yeah. I threw for 280 yards and two touchdowns, so there's not really much you could knock him for there, mm -hmm. especially not even playing the full game. Yeah, and it, it was uh, it was apparent that our receivers were were uh, outplaying their coverage. Um, you know, K.J. Hamler's two touchdowns that he had both, he was just wide open in the end zone, um, just kind of blew by his defenders, so... Not too many difficult throws for Clifford in this game, but just the the idea that he's confident enough to make those long throws and you know create those scoring chances gives me a lot of hope for him this season. Um, and then another interesting thing that I saw was with the running backs this game. Um, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I thought Journey Brown seemed to be the the number one guy through this game. Ricky Slade struggled a little bit. Um, I think he had five carries for nine yards on the get, on the day. Um, Journey Brown, at least to me, seemed like 
the number one guy. Um, I know Devin Ford had a better game yards-wise, but um, that's because he had that huge 82-yard run or whatever it was for a touchdown. So, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the running back room so far? Yeah, I thought Journey Brown played a real nice game. He's the first one to find the end zone, so that's always what you want to look for. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, just put points on the board, and that's what he did, finishing with two touchdowns. So I personally don't see either one as like a three-down back yeah. to carry the offense and mm-hmm. be like the workload. So I think like a rotation is something we're going to see like the rest of the year, but I think definitely Journey Brown worked to set himself apart and like show that he might be the front man for it. Yeah, and it was pretty clear that Franklin was going to rotate the running backs um, every drive there was someone else in, so... Um, it was cool that not only Ricky Slade and Journey Brown got some touches, but also Devin Ford and um, I'm blanking on the name. Nick Yuri. Nick Yuri. yep. So it was cool to see all those different running backs get some touches, and everyone had a good game, I thought. Slade struggled a little bit, but, you know, it's it's one of those games where this, the points are going to come regardless of, of who's in for Penn State. So I was happy with the running backs. Someone who had a, an excellent game, Kicker Jake Penninger, um didn't miss on the day. 10 for 10 extra points, 3 for 3 field goals, uh, 2 for 2 field goals, sorry. And then Jordan Stout had the, had the second field goal. Um, but, you know, it, it, you never want to see a kicker struggle, struggle early in a season. So I'm glad he was able to make the kicks when he needed to. Dude, he just cut it there. I was like, yeah. Yeah, the kicking game was as dominant as we expect it to. You know, they step up when you need them, and no no mistakes. There's not really much to complain about in that department. Yeah, Jordan Stout hitting a 53-yarder is pretty cool. Um, Pinninger, obviously the guy for extra points and anything close range, but I guess James Franklin likes what he sees in Stout's leg, so any uh, you know deep kicks that need to be attempted, I guess, are going to go to him. Yep, yep. I think that's a good game plan. You know, even distribute. Both guys are ready to step up and play. Yep. So then shifting over to the defense for a little bit, um, you know, hard to have any complaints really, giving up just seven points. And, you know, even those seven points late in the game, a lot of the substitutes in. Um, but I was happy, you know, the defense gave up four total rushing yards. So it's pretty hard to complain about that. Uh, any of your thoughts, Colin? Yeah, the one stat that jumps out to me is how on third down, Idaho is just one of 15 on conversion. So, yeah. I mean, shortening drives, going three and outs, you know, not a lot more you can ask, giving up 145 total yards, a pretty yeah. dominant performance. Yeah, and I mean, they were putting pressure on the quarterback as soon as the ball was snapped. It seemed like every third down was third down and 15 or farther. So, you know, it's good to see they're getting after the quarterback. Uh, Gross Montos had a great game. But, uh, yeah, again, really hard to complain about the defense in this one. And I'm excited to see how they do against a little bit of a bigger, more technically skilled line uh, in the games coming up. And then I would say one of the last things I wanted to talk about with football was the new style of offense that we saw this weekend. Um, James Franklin obviously wanting to utilize the speed that he has in his receivers, his running backs, um, very fast tempo the whole time, um, very few huddles throughout the game. Um, your thoughts on how that impacts the game, how that helps our team, 
um, in general. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the up-tempo offense, kind of keeping the defense on their toes, wearing them down, not really allowing substitutes a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought Clifford composed himself real well and kind of kept the chaos organized and kept everybody on what they were supposed to be doing. Even being a young quarterback, you know, the second, third year in the program, I thought he like he commanded it well and did everything that you could have asked of him. Yeah, Hamler even said after the game, you know, with that up-tempo offense, you're going to get tired. You're going to get a little bit winded, but better to have that on offense than on defense because it just takes one or two big plays to really break through uh, defense once they get tired. And we saw that happen on several occasions on Saturday. So great first game for the football team. Um, Really excited to see how this offense fully forms the rest of the season and see how the defense does against some, some bigger, stronger opponents. And we have men's soccer's back in action Monday night as they take on Stony Brook up in New York. Uh, the match is set to kick off at 7. You can catch it on America East TV or follow along on Twitter, or Instagram, or any other social media network. Yep, good luck to the men's soccer team tonight if you're listening on Monday. And that's pretty much all that's going on in Penn State sports for the next few days. Um, nothing else until Friday, but we'll have another show out by then. Catch Uh, Keep your eyes open for that. Should be out Wednesday night or early Thursday morning. We might have a third co-host on that show, and we'll be doing some topical debates and, uh, you know, general Penn State sports talk. So keep your eyes out for that, and we're excited to bring you that episode.